Mouse Planeteers, and welcome to Mouse Station. In orbit around Mouse Planet, I'm Mike Demopoulos, a former Walt Disney World cast member. And I'm Mark Goldhaber, editor and staff writer here at MousePlanet.com. This is episode number 34 for Wednesday, July 25th, 2007. Welcome to the podcast. My voice is pre-recorded because I'm in upstate New York. But I just am here to tell you that just about every weekday, we broadcast from this Orbital Outpost, bringing you the latest from the world of Mouse Planet. You can send us feedback by sending email to podcast at mouseplanet.com or by calling our toll-free feedback line at 1-866-939-2278. We love it when you call the feedback line because then we can play your call on the show. And now, on with the show. Mouse Station Featured Topic This week we have some more great interviews that Stephen Ng was able to get at the NFFC convention in Anaheim. We've got Steve Wesson, who created an amazing virtual version of Adventures Through Inner Space, E-Ticket Magazine editor Jack Jansen, and maybe some surprises. But, just like last week, there's lots to listen to, so let's stop wasting time and send it out to Stephen Ng on the West Coast. Now tell me who you are. I'm Anita Shangold. I am currently the vice president of chapters for the NFFC, but in three days I will be the vice president of publicity and public relations. Now what is your job there? My job there is going to be to market the NFFC, to reach out more, um, especially to people like you guys, Mm -hmm. to a lot of the internet sites, because that's where it is. That's where it's happening. And you're our people, Mm -hmm. just like we're your people. All right. What is the NFFC? The NFFC stands for National Fantasy Fan Club, Mm -hmm. uh, but it's a club for Disney Anna enthusiasts. And what that means is we're a Disney fan club. If you love Disney, this is where you want to be. We are 23 years in the making, and we honor the legends. The legends. The legends of Disney. Uh, We started doing this many years ago, Uh and... Every year we continue with inducting more legends into not only the California Convention, but several years ago we started the Florida Convention, Uh and we selected our first several legends last year in September. A Disney, a a legend is someone that has contributed to the the greater good of Disney. Mm -hmm. And it can be a range of people, um, to a character voice, to someone who has worked in the park their whole life. Um, just, oh, there's just so many. I don't even know where to start. But Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, we're losing a lot of them. So, yeah. so many. You know, I've been coming here for almost 10 years. Uh-huh. And there's so many that are gone. Yeah. And it's so sad. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, originally we started out with the premise that you, they needed to have known Walt or worked with Walt. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I think we're about 10 years from, from losing all those mm-hmm. people. Yeah. So, so things have, have broadened out. Um, uh, you know, Tony Baxter, who is just an amazing Imagineer, is one of our legends. Yes. 
uh, I could just start restart Finding Nemo. The, he the, certainly the did. Brought the, the subs subs back. Yeah. yeah. There's so many people that, that are so passionate about Disney, and a lot of these people started working in the parks, mm-hmm. as he did, yeah. in lower positions. And these are the people that we're looking for, that we're trying to find. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these are pretty low-key people. They're not real real obvious, out, outspoken kind of people, yeah. but they do amazing, amazing things that we all love and, and don't realize they're responsible for it. This is really unique in in any endeavor where normally in a business the employees are honored by the employers, perhaps are honored by their peers. With Disney, they're honored by their customer. Well, I guess I never really thought about it that way, yeah. but that's very, very true. Um, the Disney, you know, I think a lot of people look at Disney so different than a company. It's almost like a family mm-hmm. A thing when you when you go to the parks, that's what Walt and Roy wanted, mm-hmm. and it's amazing how things have evolved through the years, and people still feel that way. Yeah, you know, my parents took me to Disney when I was young, and I got mm-hmm. the bug. And mm-hmm. you know, you, you just want to families just keep taking families. Mm-hmm. It's something that you want your children to enjoy and their children to enjoy, yeah. and I think that's what does make it so special. Mm-hmm. Um, the people really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. As they get older, and you do, you feel a part of it. Yeah, that's what Disney yeah. wants. They make you feel a part of things. And that's why yeah. you do want to honor them. Uh, one thing I've noticed is when I get the newsletter, there's thick, there's, I mean, there's depth of content in there. Yes, there is. Yeah. Well, and it's a lot about our members, you know, because the Internet has brought on unique challenges to print media. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's one of my challenges that I'll be taking on is, you know, how do you market in a world where print media is, you know, it's by the time you get it printed and distributed and out, mm-hmm. that's so old news. You mm-hmm. know, you're you're 50 stories later, yeah. you know, you're way down the road. Right. And. And so it's challenging to come up with things that people want to read about. What people mm-hmm. want to read about are our members. Mm-hmm. That's why the chapters are so key. Mm-hmm. And uh, talking about the members and what they do. In fact, one of our members here was talking about she finally got her dream job mm-hmm. here at Disney Studios. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we all were sitting there getting goosebumps going, how wonderful is that? <laughs> oh, gosh, I want to be in your shoes. Mm-hmm. You know, but these are the things that we want to read about. Mm-hmm. And we, we, we are able to celebrate these members mm-hmm. as well. Yes. All right. Was there anything you want to say uh, before we... uh Oh my gosh! Anything I want to say? Yeah, um, uh, everyone, come to convention. <laughs> yes. You know, th- th- when you take a look at the the depth of convention we have this year, uh-huh. I mean, every year there's just not a bad Disney convention. There's right. just not. But this one this year is full of uh, so many diverse things and such an amazing, rich Disney history too. Tomorrow we're going to have the Fab Five for the first yes. time ever, I saw that. and I could not be more thrilled. Um, uh-huh. You know, these are the things that you just want people to come see because mm-hmm. it puts a smile on their face mm-hmm. and and they laugh. And to see these people that, that do these voices, I guess the most amazing thing to me is all of the Disney people that I've met mm-hmm. are the most down-to-earth, nice people. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I, I just can't get enough of it. Can't yeah. get enough of it. All right. So this is a chance, if you want to be able to experiences to get deeper into Disney than mm-hmm. you can anywhere else maybe with the exception of our website uh, okay okay I'll give you that I'll give you that <laughs> but you get a chance to interact mm-hmm. 
if you really want to get into it, you want to interact with the actual Imagineers, yes. Yes. this is the place to come to to yes. do that. Yes, it is. It absolutely, absolutely is. Mm -hmm. And these people um, love this organization. Um, we treat them the way they ought to be treated, mm -hmm. which, where they just don't get that a lot of places. Yeah. No, they are they are definitely appreciated here. They are very appreciated, and our members are very respectful of them too. And I am very proud to say that, mm -hmm. and that's very important. Yes. All right. Well, thank you very much, Anita. Alrighty. Thank you. Right. I'm here at the, the NFFC Studio Chapter. What does it say? Not a reception. You're in the uh, hospitality suite. We, uh, the NFFC provides this to our members attending the convention. Uh, tonight, the studio chapter, which is the NFFC's local chapter for the city of Los Angeles, is hosting uh, the, the hospitality suite, providing some things uh, for, for the folks and just telling them about the chapter. Okay, and you are? Okay, I'm Paul Schnabelin. I'm the past president of the studio chapter, and I'm also the soon-to-be editor of the NFSC's newsletter, the Fantasy Line Express. This is the local newsletter? The, the Fantasy Line Express is the NFSC's national newsletter that goes to all of our members at, uh, pretty much every month, where we cover all the events. We also talk about things that are happening in the Walt Disney Company, such as at the theme parks, movies, and that sort of thing. What are these chapters? Okay. In addition to the national organization, the NFFC has uh, local chapters throughout the United States and in several foreign countries, including Canada and Japan, uh, and Australia, sorry. Um, essentially, it gives folks an opportunity to participate in local activities. For example, the studio chapter uh, has guests from the Walt Disney Company come to speak at, at our events. We go to places like Disneyland uh, to movie premieres at the El Capitan Theater. Um, we go to see the Walt Disney Barn in Griffith Park and the, and the Griffith Park merry-go-round where Walt took his daughters when, he was, when they were growing up. It's nice that it's all nearby. Uh, that is a big help, and one of the reasons we call ourselves a studio chapter is because uh, we're based in the vicinity of the Walt Disney Studios, and that's a big help when we're looking for people to, to come talk to our organization about things that are Disney. If you're a v Disney fan and Disney collector and you're in the Los Angeles area or you visit the Los Angeles area re regularly, we highly encourage you to attend one of our meetings. Um, our regular meeting place is at the Westfield Shopping Town in, Sher in Sherman Oaks, but we also hold meetings uh, in the Los Angeles area, in the San Fernando Valley, in Burbank, and other cities, and in various places related to Disney. So um, if you're in, our, in the area and you'd be interested in coming to find out what the NFSC is all about and what the studio chapter is all about, we'd love to have you come down and, and, and visit with us and join our community. All right, thank you very much. Tell me your name. I'm Gary Shane Gold. Gary, what do you do? I'm an attorney and a part-time municipal court magistrate. I sit for the Dayton Municipal Court As in Ohio. In Ohio? Yes. Okay, you guys come from all over the country. Yes, in fact, we're from all over the world. Mm -hmm. We from have <laughs> thousands of members spread out into about 35 chapters. Okay. Hit oh. me a two, please. Okay, where are we going? What are we doing? We are going room hopping. What is that? It is a tradition that during convention, members and other folks will open up their hotel rooms, and there's merchandise to buy. All right. And that's what we're doing now. That's what we're going to do now. Okay. Where are we heading first? We're going to head to Morehouse Collectibles. All right. 
they're very cool people because they we, recently they won a night in the castle. Oh wow! This is Robbie. Hi, Robbie. Why don't you tell me what we're looking at here first? We are looking at pins and more pins. And pins and pins and pins. Um, and best friends. Pin collecting has become a huge thing across the country in the last 10 years. And there are literally tens of thousands of pins that are put out by the various parks in the United States, in Europe, in Asia. And there are also um, parks like, oh, you know, let's see, it's Tokyo, Hong Kong. There are pins that will come from the soda fountain next to the El Capitan Theater. Mm -hmm. uh, there are pins from Disney shopping and formerly from Disney auctions. Uh, I think that's most of the sources of pins. Some are open edition, some are limited edition, some are holy grail items for people. Yeah. Now, I'm looking in here, and I just see pins everywhere. I mean, if I could describe it, we have a pair of Full-size beds, they are covered from one end to the next with picture frames, which are filled with pins. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and some are new and some are old. Some are new and some are old. Okay. So, why don't you give me an example of what we're looking at right here. Right All right. Well, here's something that's new. This is Remy from Ratatouille, which just came out. Mm -hmm. Now, these have all come out of the Soda Fountain store at the El Capitan Theater. Every time a movie is shown at the theater, there will be one or more pins. They will come out in limited edition uh, for that film, and then they're gone. So, these are very particular collectibles. Yes. And the significance of the El Capitan Theater, for people who don't know. That is the theater that Disney restored uh, up in Hollywood. Hollywood. Uh, close to about 10 years ago now, I guess. And um, it's right across the street from Grauman's Chinese Theater. And let me grab a book to show you real quick. Okay. So, pins. Pins, uh, it's a phenomenon that mm -hmm. Disney wasn't really prepared at the beginning. Yeah. Now, they obviously produce a lot. Okay. This is the brand new sixth edition of the pin guide put out by Tomart. Mm -hmm. And in here are pictures of tens upon thousands of these pins and what they're worth on the market. It helps the traders and collectors to find uh, what they may be missing and to know what they may be worth. Hmm. This is yet another aspect of Disneyana, is it not? Yes. It's been a huge craze, the most recent one. Before that, it was Beanie Babies. Beanie Babies, yes. <laughs> They're gone. Now, now, just real quickly, in addition to what's laying on top of the beds and on top of every available surface in this room except the floor, I'm not even sure about that, there are tubs. Oh, okay, there's desks here that, that are covered in pins and other collectibles and tubs, which I... I also assume have pins in them. Yes, they do. That's full of pins. So you have quite an inventory. Very big, uh, very big inventory. I've been collecting pins since '84, selling for the last, uh, trading and selling for the last 15 years. So you started with the Olympics. Started with the '84 Olympics. Okay, so you have the little eagle, Sam yeah. Eagle. Oh yes. Okay. And I apologize for interrupting, but I want to point out the sign here. They won a night in the castle. You won a night at the castle. They got the million dream dream. You have to tell me about that then. 
got to I could talk to you. You need to get. She's. I get tongue tied. Anyway, yeah, she. Uh, she's the good interview. Okay. Uh, but yeah, the it was fabulous. Mm -hmm. I we were pin trading, of course. Yeah. I asked her to get me lunch. She walked over, sat down on a planner, and the Dream Squad came up and said, "You possibly have won a prize." Possibly have won a prize. Yeah. Don't know what it is yet. Don't know what it is, but possibly. Do you have time? Can you come to the hotel to the room? And she said yes. Uh huh. Did she come and get you in the meantime? Yes. She came and got me. Told me to pack up my books. And I told her no. I was pin trading. I didn't want a lanyard or a hat. And she goes, no, you don't understand. We've won a prize. We, we, they. Um, about an hour it took two hours to fill out all the papers. Yeah. And then they took us um, to see Mickey at Mickey's Toontown. Right. And as we got our picture taken, and as we're leaving, a second Dream Squad is there. Uh huh. Then we want a button and a photo pass each. Okay. So then they took us down to the hub to show us where to meet at six o'clock to be the Grand Marshals of the parade. Oh. And then we went to the hotel so we could check in and get our tour of the Master Disney Suite. Oh, wow. Mickey's Penthouse. <laughs> okay, so tell me about your side of getting the dream and then the night in the, in the penthouse. Well, how long do you have? It was the, one of the most wonderful things that has happened recently. It was just wonderful. We uh, just He sent me to get him food. He never got the food because they came and told me I might have won this prize. And it was just wonderful. They allowed me to bring five people with me. So we brought my mom and dad and two friends. Besides, I did let Robbie come with me. Yeah, I let Robbie come. So um, it was just wonderful. They treated us so nice. They took us and we had our picture taken with Mickey. We... Um, we got to ride in the Lily Bell, you know, to back to Toontown. They fed us all dinner. They gave my mom and dad um, admission tickets that day. They gave us all fast passes. Then they fed us dinner at Blue Bayou. They, we were grand marshals in the parade. They announced our names all up and down the parade route. That was the best part. And then we went back to the suite. We watched the fireworks, and all my family came and watched the fireworks from with the us suite. from the suite. And they piped in the music into the suite. Oh wow! It it was wonderful. But the only thing that was really really hard was, you know, we're all Disney enthusiasts, and there are things sitting out all over the place. There are maquettes and charger plates and big huge figurines. They're just sitting there in the suite, just sitting there. So I had to ask my valet what I could take and what I couldn't. <laughs> He's like, uh, you could take the fruit basket, <laughs> and that's it, pretty much. You didn't go, mine, mine, mine. I did. I, you should see. They're, like in the wall are these set-ins, and they're lit, and they had maquettes in them. Mm. and uh, They had all this just wonderful Disney stuff in it. And I was just like, uh, uh, what am I allowed to have here? And he goes, I can tell you where to go buy them. I go, I know where to go buy them. <laughs> I just want to know what I can take. Tell them you could use another dream, right? <laughs> uh, well, it turns out, and I didn't know this, that I could have asked that valet for just about anything, and he probably would have given it to me. I could have asked for new clothes, and mm. I didn't. I asked for toothbrush and a toothpaste. 
I don't know why I didn't think of more things. I didn't think of it till later. Well, if anyone who hears this ha happens to win the happens to win the prize, they'll know what to ask for. Ask for more things. <laughs> All right. They were so nice to us. They were just wonderful. Yeah. It was wonderful. That's amazing. We stayed till the last minute too. We had to be out by eleven. We stayed till eleven. I didn't leave one minute early. It was wonderful. Yeah, they treated us wonderful. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> All right. All right. Would you like to visit another room? Let's do that. Okay. Let's go down here. All right. All right. How convenient. They're all on the same floor. Uh-huh. And there'll be different types of things. Mm -hmm. um, this next room we've come into, it looks like there's a lot of books and lithographs. Okay. Uh, and just a few pins. So it, each room's different. Mm-hmm. They have, they, they have their own niche, their own interests. Yes. And then depending upon what character you collect or what type of Disneyana you collect, then that's what you'll be looking for. All so right. one room, you know, there may not be anything that exactly fits what interests you. And then the next room is like, oh my, I'm in trouble. Yeah. So it looks like if I were interested in books or perhaps linens, this would be the place to come. Or... Figures, yes. right? Okay. Let's say maybe you collect Donald, mm -hmm. or you collect, you know, the characters from you know the three caballeros. Mm -hmm. Then that might interest you. Okay. Or dolls. There are people who collect dolls. Okay. Or photographs. There are a lot of people who just collect paper items. Mm-hmm. It's pens. More pins. Yes. This is the tram. Mm -hmm. and, yes. it's, and it's got the uh, the tractor and two cars from the tram. You know, one of the neat things about Disney Inn is you're looking at pieces of park history mm -hmm. as well. And Hi, to me, it's like walking into museums mm -hmm. in each of these rooms. Mm -hmm. Let's go across the hall. All right. See another room. All right, we're in another room across the way. These are like Happy Meals. Oh, okay, they're made up to look like the old video cassette boxes yes. of the cartoons. Yes, and there's even some Anaheim Mighty Ducks pucks. Oh, yeah, hockey pucks. Right. In well, the box. it's no longer the yeah. Mighty Ducks, mm -hmm. so these have become collectible. Yeah. Antenna topper. Yes. From the 50th. From the 50th. Ooh, this is the gold Mickey hat. Yes. Ah. Uh, we talked a little bit ago about um, Beanie Babies. Yes. We have two tubs here full of Mickey Beanie Babies, and I see other different characters. Sebastian. I see, who is that? That is Br'er Fox. Yep, Br'er Fox. Just, just a variety of, of beanies. There's hundreds and hundreds of them. Mm. Hi. Come on over. All right, let's do that. Let's talk to the proprietor. <laughs> we are learning all sorts of things about room hopping today. Oh, room hopping is a blast. Yes. I'm Carrie Mitchell, and over there... I have Vicki Wheeler. She's my my helper, my friend, mm -hmm. my buddy. And, and what are you doing here? We're having fun. How are you we're having fun? Room hopping at the Crown Plaza is kind of something that we've all been doing. I've been doing room hopping since it started with NFFC uh -huh. every July. Uh -huh. um, it's like a walking party. Uh -huh. It's a lot of fun. Okay. I highly recommend it. You get all the deals before the show and sale on Sunday mm -hmm. for some of us. I won't be able to attend the show and sale, so I'm mm -hmm. doing it here tonight. I kind of liken this to like a progressive dinner. <laughs> <laughs> different kinds yeah. of 
Disneyana. Yeah. <laughs> and you can browse too. Yeah. It's All a right. lot of fun. Right. It's a lot of fun. What's what do you specialize in? I'm a pin trader. Mm-hmm. So I do a lot of pins. Yeah. But as you can tell, I've collected a lot over the years and I am going out of business. Oh. So why is that? I'm just my health is not the best uh-huh. right now and so I'm just trying to lessen my load. Okay. That's understandable. <laughs> so, so I'll keep Sorry, pin trading. Pin. Oh. All right. Thanks, Kelly. Don't forget to put your tickets over there. I did. Thank you. Let's see. These are so, some of the Burger King glasses back there. Back mm-hmm. Those probably go back Linden, to the Pete early '90s, I want to say. Okay. And in fact, there was one in that series, the Little Mermaid glass, that got pulled because of some improprieties in the design. Oh, okay. But you can find it. But it's more of a challenge than the other glasses. And like a stamp that has a defect in it is probably right. worth quite a bit. Now, here's something really interesting. Here's a book on the shelf, and here's the man who edited the book. Dave Smith. <laughs> wrote. <laughs> <laughs> Those are your words in there, huh? Yeah. <laughs> all right. Now, you're, you're the man known for all the trivia in, 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 when it comes to things Disney. What do you look for when you come to one of these events? The A to Z. Something that's odd, something that's really peculiar that uh, I feel would be of interest in the archives, and I rarely find anything because, of course, we've been in existence for 37 years, and... We've been collecting for a long time. So it'd be hard for you to find something novel. Exactly. Uh-huh. Every I mean, once in a while he does. There's only certain things that we try to be complete on, and we are almost complete or are complete, mm-hmm. and that would be publications and music mm-hmm. specifically. And, of course, we get all the videos and DVDs and all that sort mm-hmm. of thing. So, uh, Did you uh, ever finish completing the set of the Fantasia figurines? We did. We finally got the last one about uh, five years ago. So, I mean, when you have a set like that, it's kind of fun to find one additional piece to finish your set. Mm-hmm. But other than that, there's not a lot of early things we're looking for. There's one Snow White wristwatch from the 30s that we don't have that I'd love to find someday. But if you walk around the sales anymore, you rarely see anything before the 90s. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For yeah. me, it was, there was a set of um, 14 um, gold-spined um, cartoons on uh, VHS, the gold series. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And to reconstruct that set 10 oh. years later was a challenge. <laughs> but I finally did it. Yeah. <laughs> well, eBay really helps these days. Yes, it does. Helps you find things that you've really been searching for. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Dave. Sure. Okay. All right. Let's head on. And a lot of these people, you get to know them. They're, they're friends. Mm-hmm. and They'll look for things for you mm-hmm. if they know that you collect something. Mm-hmm. And they'll contact you. Guess what I found? Mm-hmm. I've got friends all over the world. I'll get an email from someone in Tokyo. You remember that pin that you were looking for? Uh-huh. I traded for one for you. <laughs> All right. And then they'll send it to me. So you look out for each other. Yeah. Oh, they'll send me a box of stuff. I'll send them a box of stuff. Okay. The guy at the post office, every time I walk in, he goes, Tokyo Disneyland? Yes, sir. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Let's head and try another room. Looks like room 9. Oh, let's go to the top. Okay. Try one more. Okay. We're going to do one more room. We're going to go upstairs to the ninth floor. Correct. All right. And here comes a crowd. <laughs> hey. Hello, hello. hello. All right. We're going up. 
So these people have been doing, have been collecting for quite some time in order to accumulate this much. Some of these people have collected Disney end of their entire lives. Back 50 years, 60 years. The earliest um, Disney collectibles started uh, before Mickey Mouse. Mm -hmm when Walt had Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. Mm -hmm. So those collectibles are from the late 20s. Right. But there was a guy by the name of Kay Kamen who, as I understand it, uh, took over merchandising the license for it in the early 30s and then it really just started to mushroom. Mm -hmm. Some of those early toys are worth thousands of dollars in pristine condition. Wow. Okay, we're here in uh, the ninth floor. In the last room for us tonight. <laughs> last room for all of us. <laughs> this is the end of the line. Huh? Yeah. A lot more pins. Yes. And now we have books here. Oh, the Disney line, which is the cast member magazine. Is that what that is? Yes. Yes. Okay. And then in Ford, it's called Eyes and Ears. Okay. From last year, July Ford. There are people who collect these things. Coloring books. Mm-hmm. Disney Magazine, which is now defunct. Uh, here's menus from the restaurants hmm. from long ago. Yes, Riverbell Terrace. Here is a 1989 cast member new hire info pack. Wow. $15. So, this is what you would have filled out or been provided if you took a job at the park, well, almost 20 years ago. Almost 20 years ago. Yeah. And now for $15, it could be yours. <laughs> I may have to make another trip back up here. You could be in trouble. Yeah, this this could this could be a very dangerous hobby. More pins. Pins, pins, pins. It looks like pins in general are the big collector's item, or at least the ones that are that that have probably the most volume in in in, in Disneyana. What you see over different spans of time is certain types of merchandise will be the primary type of merchandise mm -hmm. for the past several years has been pins although um, we've seen a slight decrease in the number of the vendors at the NFFC show and sale the last few years that mm -hmm. are exclusively pin oriented so um, I think they peaked uh, to a certain extent and we're seeing more of the wider variety traditional types of collectibles mm -hmm. uh, coming back in because there's only so much you can do with pins. Mm -hmm. There are lots of other things that people are after. What do you see starting to come back? I, I would assume something like the Olszewskis with the miniatures. You're right, and Mr. Olszewski will be here Sunday, most uh -huh. likely, uh -huh. uh, displaying uh, new pieces. Uh, one of the unique things is that um, the studio will also come in. Uh, Mickey's of Glendale, which is the Imagineering store, exclusively cast member. It's the one opportunity of the year for our members and the public to purchase those kinds of cast member items. So there's an opportunity at uh, NFFC's convention to purchase things that only are available to Disney employees. You got it. One time a year. Two times a year. Two times a year. What's the other time? January. The Sunday before the Martin Luther King holiday. And that is what? The Strictly Disneyana show and sale. It's the world's largest. Wow. 
<laughs> so twice a year, the general public and NFFC members have an opportunity to purchase things that are only available to Disney people. Right. I've got an Imagineering cast member jacket. It's one of my prized possessions. And you're wearing an Imagineering polo shirt right now. Yep. <laughs> same sale? Uh, same sale. All right. And uh, there will also be um, other divisions of the company. The Soda Fountain's going to have tables. Mm -hmm. um, I think uh, Company D, which is the park cast member store. Yeah. Uh, the studio itself has a studio store. Mm -hmm. They'll be here with exclusive cast member merchandise. Okay. So unless you have a way to sneak over the wall to get into the Walt Disney Studio, you come here, you can buy the stuff. You don't have to know anyone back there. You don't have to know anyone. Just come on over. Yep. All right. Let's head back down. Okay. I am in the NFFC Chapter at the Parks Hospitality Suite. I'm speaking with the president of Chapter at the Parks, Doug Marsh. Marsh. Hello there. Now, this is the NFFC Hospitality Suite. It's Saturday night of convention. We just had a great day of uh, seminars and meetings, and we had, a, we had an incredible voice panel with all five uh, voices of the Fab Five, mm -hmm. which means four people. I don't know how many of you know. Bill Farmer Goofy also barks for Pluto, as well as Corey Burton and um, Eddie Carroll, who is Jiminy Cricket, and uh, Suzanne Blakesley, who does some of the classic villains' voices now. Villainess voices. Yeah, villainess voices. And now we're here in the uh, hospitality suite, and it's chapter at the park night. And our, our uh, theme is Disney theme parks around the world, and we've got display cases with uh, memorabilia around the room. As you can see, we've got uh, a good-sized crowd of people here in the uh, hospitality room tonight. Mm -hmm. We've got uh, some videos playing and memorabilia on display, and uh, we're glad that uh, Mouse Planet decided to stop by and say hello. Thank you. Now, tell me, what does your chapter do? Uh, our chapter uh, has been meeting. Uh, we've been meeting ten times a year, every month except July and December, mm -hmm. in uh, Garden Grove, which is just across the property line from Anaheim. Mm -hmm. uh, we've been meeting every year since 1985. Wow! So we've uh, we're a, a long time club of Disney enthusiasts. We've got a, a, a display here with photographs of some of our club activities. We uh, tend to emphasize uh, in recent years uh, more guest speakers than club presentations. But we also, since we are collectors and enthusiasts, sometimes we show off our collections. And these pictures that are going by right now, we're having our Halloween party, which uh -huh. was themed around uh, pumpkin decorating and the Haunted Mansion. Uh -huh. And then we also uh, have uh, other other parties. We have a picnic every year. Mm -hmm. But we get uh, we get guest speakers in. And we've had uh, we had Michael Gohegan. Oh, that yes. That name should ring a bell. Yes. With you. Yes, uh, I, I actually, uh, we belong to the same Gigavox Media Network organization. Ah, well, if you uh, watch this uh, uh, slideshow go by, eventually you will run into some pictures of Michael ah. with his uh, PowerPoint presentation. And uh, he's kind of got to standing right in the middle of his PowerPoint presentation. Uh, there's some pictures in here of Virginia Davis. Mm -hmm. uh, we have people come out from the uh, from the parks and from the studio. Okay. And uh, then, we, as I say, we also do uh, activities together. So we, right. have, we have a good time. Mm -hmm. And we meet on the fourth Saturday of every month right. at the Garden Grove Historical Society, okay. which is on Euclid Street, right. just uh, south of Chapman. All right. It's uh, on a, a street called Strawberry Lane. The Garden Grove Historical Society has actually a complex of historical buildings. Mm -hmm. And the most interesting one for us, of course, is the actual garage mm -hmm. where Walt Disney did his very first animation in Hollywood. 
Oh. The garage used to be behind uh, his Uncle Robert's house on Kingswell Street up yes. in Hollywood. The house is still there, but the garage was removed in the late 70s. And it eventually wound up at the Garden Grove Historical Society, where it has been lovingly preserved. It has Disney memorabilia in it. And it's where we meet, as I say, on the fourth Saturday of every month, except July and December. And also the third Saturday in November, because of the Thanksgiving holiday. And our meeting starts right around noon. And we do welcome visitors and uh, like to see people who uh, are Disney enthusiasts just the same as we are. All right. Thank you very much, Doug. Thank you. Nice to, see, uh, nice to meet you, Stephen. I'm talking with Steve yeah. Wesson, gentleman who went out and produced a little DVD called Adventures Through Interspace Virtual Ride-Through. What is that? What, what is this? What's on this little DVD here? Uh, two years of hard work on my slow PC to rebuild the uh, Adventure Through Interspace attraction from Disneyland. Uh-huh. Uh, just to rec- recreate what I remember from what you couldn't see in the uh, videotaped ride-throughs. Uh, it was such a dark ride, it was really hard to pick up the, uh, the visuals, so I wanted to recreate it in a 3D format. Now, what is Adventures Through Interspace? Oh. I mean, the people who come <laughs> here, that? they go to Tomorrowland and you know they see what they see. Mm-hmm. Um, this is something out of the past. Yes. Extinct. Gone. Forever, yes. Okay, describe what this attraction was. Uh, this was a... Uh, let's see. How do I the, the chairs? Have you ever ridden uh, Haunted Mansion? Haunted Mansion. The chairs that you would ride on in there was the using buggies. the same dune buggies. Uh, it was the uh, Omnimover system. And they called them animobiles for this ride instead of okay. dune buggies. Uh-huh. And basically, you were part of a science experiment, I, I guess you could say, of, uh, of shrinking and, uh, to the size of a molecule and seeing uh, molecules from a snowflake. So uh, it was basically a uh, educated, uh, entertained type of experience. Edutainment. Right. Edutainment, exactly. Yeah. So yes. we learned about molecules, science. Science is fun. <laughs> What's your earliest memory of this ride? Oh, I've talked about it on my website a few times. It's uh, It was uh, a scary one when uh, my parents uh, uh, get mad at me when I talk about this. Like, oh, you make us sound like we're so evil. Making you go on this ride and you didn't want to go on and you're crying and screaming. But, you know, it's 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 funny. We're, being like two or three years old, uh, when, they, when we walked into the room and I was running ahead of my parents and uh, when I saw the microscope shrinking the people, the, the special effect of the big cars going in the actual riders and then seeing the smaller riders in the oh, tube I I, I got all of a sudden just hit you, hit you oh my god these people are willingly going on this ride and shrinking and it's what a, I don't want to shrink get that so I turn around and start to run and my dad grabs my arm just dragging me I'm screaming kicking and crying no no I don't want to shrink I don't want to shrink no my dad drags me right back in and goes it's okay it'll be alright it'll be alright uh-huh. It's like one of my first big rides as a kid, I guess. So yeah. um, it was kind of a traumatic experience. But after riding the ride and enjoying it and, and going, wow, it's great, I want to go on it again. And we went on it a couple more times. And it was one of my favorite rides in the park. And it's kind of stuck with me all these years. I have to admit that I had the same reaction when I first rode A lot of kids did. Yeah, when it, I, I must have been uh, five or six. Mm-hmm. And it had only been open for a few years. Mm-hmm. And our my parents wanted right to now, ride this ride. Maybe my aunt, uncle, my aunt was there. And was up to what I remember, and perhaps this is affected by my memories the, of so long ago, mm-hmm. was seeing in. someone go in with yeah, an afro. So oh, and then you saw it in the tube. And I thought I saw yeah. it in the tube. So <laughs> I looked for people's shirt colors. Yeah, oh, he's got stripes. They're stripes. That's him. It's him. Now Save when, him. Right. Okay. <laughs> now, when you're in this, when you're in the queue to get on, yeah. the, they play the, mission, the sounds of mission control. 
you know, oh, who are supposed right. to take care of you oh, yeah. as you go into the, the scientists that are watching over you. Who are watching over you. <laughs> and all of a sudden they say, we've lost focus or we can't find them. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. where are they? Yeah, it's like, oh my God, they're going to lose me while I'm, on, while I'm on this Disney. Animobiles thing. are missing. Right. Yes. Attention. Right. Animobiles are missing. Yeah. yeah. It was, and so, yeah, it was, for me, it was also my first really scary experience. Yeah. How about the eyeball at the end? Oh, that freaked yeah, that, that, that was out. scary. When I was a kid looking up at that eyeball looking down at me, I'm like, oh my God, I'm so small. They're looking at me through a microscope. Yeah. Oh, that was scary. A big eye. I always freaked. I look forward to that every time going on that ride, looking for the eye. Now you get older, you look at it, that looks like a plastic eyeball. It's going back and forth. And people tell me, oh, that was a real eye being projected onto a wall. I go, no, no, no. It was a modeled eye. I distinctly remember what it looked like. You know, looking back and forth real slow. But it was still creepy. Yeah. Now, like. we look back, and it's almost like it's a it's it's a piece of Americana kitsch. Mm -hmm. Just the, the locals of Disneyland that remember it fondly is what I mostly get from people that wrote it a lot. Yeah, remember it. We look back at it, says you know if they were to bring that today, it would you know. Oh, it yeah, it just it, it wouldn't hold up at all. That's why they pulled it out. I mean, it's just it's going all the simulators, which was popular at the at the time. And you know, if they did it now, it'd be a roller coaster when you put on your 3D glasses and project things at you yeah. and it'd be a way different experience like Paul said he showed it to his kid for the first time Paul Barry yes and his kid goes what the heck is this do you like yeah. this ride <laughs> you know but how did you how, how did you find that entertaining you know but okay. it was you know well was, this begs the question you know I, I have the same feelings you do for this ride you know I'd like to experience it again but you know given everything we have now Space Mountain Star Tours uh Twilight Zone, Tower of Terror, mm -hmm. you can, you can, even you can Indiana Jones, which is like the ultimate the in, in immersion, mm -hmm. as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Why would you want to bring this particular attraction back? Yeah. Oh, that was, I guess, what I was talking about earlier. It's yeah. just that, uh, uh, well, well, when I very first started my website dedicated to this ride, I always was looking for content. Yeah. I was like, God, someone's got to have video footage of this stuff. Uh -huh. And I'd start ordering, you know, from... Uh, Come on, I'm trying. Uh, Dave O'Neill has, you know, a ride-through of it and stuff. But it's video was very hard to pick up uh, a dark ride like that. Mm -hmm. It was so old equipment back then, what yeah. they have today. And it was... To me, my 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 memories were so vivid of the colors and, and how everything looked, and the, the ride through was so dark in the video. I was like, God, someone should really do a 3D of this ride. Yeah, you know, that's really what needs to. Someone should do something like that. So I was playing around with a 3D program, and uh, it started with, mm, I wonder if I could make an animobile, you know. So I modeled one. Yeah. I wonder if I could make the chair, you know, close its uh, safety bars, you know, and, yeah. and it worked, and I animated that. Mm, I wonder if I could animate it on a path. Oh yeah, yeah, and. And I'd go on forums and learn more and more. Yeah. And I'm like, I wonder if I could build a set and you know have it go through that. And God, I, I bet I could. I could probably build this whole ride again. And, yeah. and I'll be the one. <laughs> Little did I know it take you know two years of hard work to uh -huh. to, to build it all again. And uh, it was my very first big 3D project. And and since then, I've actually it's it's helped me career wise. So I've actually moved on to do uh, animation mm -hmm. for uh, a pretty big company who. Uh, did you ever see Transformers? No, I haven't had a chance to see it yet. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, there's a scene in the movie where uh, uh, when the first Transformer that attacks the base, uh -huh. they send a predator out. Okay. And 
I, that's what I do. I model the, the Predators oh, okay. for that company that makes those. So oh. uh, I do all the, the presentations and things okay. that they do at the trade shows and for presentations at the Pentagon. And so I was like, oh, there's our plane, you know, and all it's right. painted black. You know? <laughs> so I do movies like that where they show Predators flying and taking out ro- uh, tanks with rockets. And I do a lot of fun stuff with 3D now. And it's yeah. all because it started with this. And it's, yeah. I was doing web design, you know, so uh-huh. really cool. It worked out really, really neat. Now, I, 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 bought the, I bought the DVD a couple years ago. Yeah. I watched it, and it was exactly as I remember it. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything Good. to the projection <laughs> of the, of everything to the projections on the on the walls around, mm-hmm. which show the the electrons flying around the flying around the nucleus of an atom. I mean, mm-hmm. you're going through there, and it's obviously it's not you know it's obviously being projected now that we look back at it because as you move through. The geometry of the of the projections change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually built all the walls and everything that I could remember. Well, I had blueprints too, yeah. so I it's, went by yeah. blueprints on a lot. It's of not it. a conception of, of what the Imagineers may have wanted it to look like. Yeah, it's the real thing. Yeah, I was trying to make. Well, you notice the pole holding the nucleus is there. Yeah. I actually in the blueprint I have on a top view showing exactly where the nucleus is to the track uh-huh. and where the nucleus sits and where the pole was. Yeah. So you know I knew exactly where to put it in the room and if you look for it you can see the pole holding the nucleus right. just like you could when you rode the ride. I wanted to make it, yeah, I could have made the thing floating in the air, but yeah. I want people to go, oh, this is cool. If you look closely, you can see it. All right. Now, if anyone wanted to get a hold of this DVD, how would they do that? Uh, for my website, I still get got thousands of hits a day on that site, and I haven't updated it in a while because I haven't had any new content to add to the site. Um, I do have a couple things I'm going to be adding soon. People have sent me, someone sent me a song that they made. Okay. And somebody wanted me to talk about the VMK. Uh-huh. You did't know about VMK and how this is in that in that uh, game now. I didn't now. know that. Oh, you didn't. It's, it's they've added an inner space area and stuff. To I'll the have ride, to pop back the, in there to the to the game. My, my daughter is a huge VMK player. All right. And uh, she actually wrote for me a thing about how to get the special pin to be able to get into the access those areas uh-huh. that have the inner space rooms with the eyeball. They they recreated snowflakes with an eyeball looking oh, down wow. and. And there's actually a microscope room that's that, that very similar. Looks really similar to the ride. Right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about how you that get the pin, how you can see that over. stuff, and you know that's about the only thing I have new to add to the site. Yep. But anyway, you can go to the website and order it from there. Good morning. Okay. And uh, that's probably the easiest way to do it. Okay. Yeah. Let's ask. Let me go back to the ride itself. Okay. Where was this ride located? Oh, okay. That would be uh, the Finding Nemo attraction. Uh, Adventure Through Inner Space open, was located where Star Tours is, the and there's the two uh, hidden, I don't want to say hid, hidden Mickeys, but there's hidden um, uh, uh, tributes to the Inner Space ride that are in Star uh, Yeah, to Inner Space. And uh, there was three, but somebody stole one of them. Oh, no. Yeah, one of them was uh, when you're walking through the line, uh, when you get to the droid factory, above your head, the carts that would go over your head, yes. there used to be an animobile in there, a oh. mini one, uh-huh. and someone discovered it that worked at the park and stole it. Oh, Gone. Okay. So that's gone. But anyway, the, the other one is, if you look down, right before you make your first turn out of the droid factory, when you can look way down below, yes. there's uh, computer computers down there with the ro- robots. Mm-hmm. One of the computers is the actual uh, box from... The queue area from the inner space, right? You know the little boxes that had a diorama inside it. You look through the yeah. circle. Okay. Yeah, those box, those box. That one of those boxes is actually way down there with oh, computer wow. lights on it. I don't oh. know if you knew that, no, but yeah. a lot of people don't know that one. 
And then uh, when you go on the ride, of course, when you're uh, actually on the ride, uh, when you're traveling in the, the speeder and you're going through the warehouse, of right. course, people, a lot of people don't know this still, that if you look in the bottom right, you can see an, an eight-inch eight scale model of the Mighty Microscope in the okay. corner, with the actual cars are actually moving in it. So oh, wow. if you look closely, they're, they're there, they're moving. Now, so. if anyone rides with me on this ride, I will point it out for you, so. Yeah, If you exactly. find me in Disneyland, Ask me, no. I'll take you on. I'll show you. Yeah, it's right there. Grab five minutes. It's like yeah, a second. Quick. It's yeah. second. Yeah. It's in the yeah. bottom right hand corner. Yeah, right before you launch out of that warehouse here, right. Star Tours. Yeah, so that's kind of cool that they did that. They hmm? they added those things. All right, uh, forty-five minutes. Okay, so I've been talking with Steve Wesson, the producer, director. Yep. It's, it's got the opening ceremonies in there. Adventures through inner space. And it's got a virtual ride, ride through, through. And it shows all yep. the people waiting in line. Thank you. Thank you for coming on over. I'm speaking with Jack Jansen, editor and publisher of E-Ticket Magazine. Uh, Jack, what is E-Ticket Magazine? The E-Ticket Magazine is about the history of Disneyland, about Walt Disney especially, emphasis on Walt, and the Imagineering process. All right, that's a very specialized uh, magazine, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's kind of an encyclopedic look at the history of Disneyland. Uh, we take a real tight look at a particular ride with an interview with an Imagineer or some somebody that's been affiliated with the past of Disneyland. And we're currently on issue 45 is, is our issue now. So, well, What's in this issue? Uh, the current issue has a really nice interview with Alice Davis, Mark Davis's wife. She has a Disney uh, history of her own. She did costumes for Pirates of the Caribbean and Small World, especially those are, and, and also Carousel of Progress. Also, there's an article about the art of the Pirates of the Caribbean with, uh, that compares various artwork submissions from various Imagineers that shows their style with a little bit of their history with the company. Uh, there's a real nice little piece on the clock of the world, which, which was gone in 1967. What was that? That was a, a, it was an icon in the front of Tomorrowland as you came in through the entrance. It was a clock where you could tell the time anywhere in the world. And it was, it was, an, it was the original icon for Tomorrowland, but it was kind of supplanted by the rocket ship after a while. The rocket was more exciting. Yeah. A better is what we call weenie. That's right. Exactly. Okay. Now, what, what's your circulation like? I mean, how many readers do you get? Well, we're vague about that, but uh, we have a good readership through subscriptions, and we also sell at the park as well as some uh, outlet stores. Um, there's one up in Sacramento and, and, and at Mickey's of Glendale at, at the park, or at the studio, rather, excuse me. Oh, at the studio? Yes, yes. You get many Imagineers who read this? Oh, I... I would be surprised if there are any that don't know about it and, and haven't at least looked at a copy. I noticed you had Tony Baxter back here a little while ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Tony's a good friend, and he was uh, taking a couple minutes off uh, walking around and, and filling us in on some things. And just He's a good friend that goes way back. So, uh, who, would be who do you think is the typical reader of your magazine? Uh, I'm not sure there is a typical reader other than that they have an interest in, in Walt Disney and theme park history. Um, we have readers that come up here that surprise me with what they know at eight years old, and we have people who are original Disney cast members coming up here, or people who remember when it, the, the day it opened and they brought their kids, you know, the elderly folks. So I'm not sure what, what a, a typical reader would be. But they're very interested in the attractions at Disneyland. They're very complimentary with, with, with our product, and, and we are very strong on the nostalgia of the park, and so we help 
to revive some of the memories that are there. Um, it's so easy to, to have the new Disneyland superimpose over the old Disneyland. So we try to bring back the specifics with a lot of graphics, a lot of photographs of the old park, and, and that, that helps to bring back those memories. You're help, yeah, you're helping to bring. You're helping to work on our memories of our childhood. We're trying, yeah, and just the name, the e-ticket magazine. You know, there's a lot of people who don't even know what an e-ticket is. You know, they don't remember the ticket books, and so our attitude is it was it was the best ride at Disneyland. So we're trying to be the best magazine about Disneyland history. Okay, now. Um, for folks who can't get to any of the brick-and-mortar outlets, how can they uh, get a look at your magazine? Well, we have a website that is uh, the-e-ticket.com, and there's obviously a way to order the magazine there as well as uh, some information about the magazine. Okay. Well, thanks a lot, Jack. Okay, thank you. I always love listening to Jack Jansen. I actually subscribe to the e-ticket magazine. Cool. And... That was uh, a nice surprise to hear from Dave Smith as well. Uh, Dave's a really good guy. Uh, he helped me out a bit when I was uh, trying to put together my Windows on Main Street article about the uh, Walt Disney World Main Street windows. And he also helped me in tracking down the source of that Snow White display that uh, I wrote about uh, a year or two ago. And the amusement park in upstate New York? Yes. As a matter of fact, I just received a uh, reader email on that as well. And uh, so we'll have that in a uh, in a Mouse Planet mailbag column um, if it hasn't run already by the time this podcast goes up. It's always cool to hear from Dave Smith. Yep. And... Um, of course, also, you know, it was nice to hear from the uh, NFFC chapter presidents from out there as well. And, of course, there is uh, more NFFC happenings on the East Coast. The, week, the last weekend in September, it, which is scheduled around the anniversary of Walt Disney World opening, as opposed to the Anaheim version, which is scheduled around the anniversary of Disneyland opening. We've actually got even more surprises for you from the NFFC convention next week. We've got some really great interviews with a Disney legend. Well, actually, I'm not sure if she's a Disney legend. But we have a couple of very uh, well-known Disney folks. Even if you haven't heard of them, you know of them. So... Um, Come back and listen to those next week. In the meantime, if you want to send us feedback on those interviews or anything else, you can send them to podcast at mouseplanet.com or call the toll-free feedback line at 1-866-939-2278. You can also submit your magical moments to stories at mouseplanet.com or on our toll-free feedback line. Stories will also be considered for inclusion in the cast place column on the Mouse Planet website. So that'll wrap it up for today. Remember that we now have new shows just about every weekday. Don't forget to visit mouseplanet.com for the complete park updates every Monday and fresh content every weekday. For more Disney news, check out our Mouse Planet Watch podcast every Thursday, which is also available from our podcast page at mouseplanet.com slash podcast. You'll find our show notes in the new podcast show notes column on the Mouse Planet site. They're also linked from the podcast page. 
We'd also like to thank our sound editor and audio engineer and interview extraordinaire, Stephen Eng. We'll be back tomorrow with Mouse Planet Watch and listener feedback on Friday. Until then, I'm Mike DeMalpers reminding you that it takes people to make the dream a reality. And I'm Mark Goldhaber reminding you to live the magic every day and pay no attention to the fact that this show was pre-recorded. See you Friday. See you Friday. How would you like to use your podcasting skills to give back to your community? Hello, this is Doug Kay from the Conversations Network, and I'd like to invite you to become a stringer for Podcore.org. Podcore.org is an experiment in crowdsourcing to record audio or video of spoken word events. You tell us where you live and what you can handle, and we'll match you up with great events that need your help to get published online. It's all volunteer, nonprofit, and a great way to use and improve your skills. Just go to Podcore.org today and join our team. Thanks.